Today is Thursday, January the 12th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells are back. Let the hype train and the countdown of the 2023 football season begin. I'll give my immediate thoughts on what their return means for Shane Beamer's program heading into year three of his tenure. Also, with that being said, folks, it is way too early prediction season. That's exactly what we're doing here today. I'm giving my way too early predictions for the upcoming 2023 football season. Guys, I'll talk my wins, toss-ups, and losses. I'll talk best case, worst case for the upcoming season as well as an official game-by-game prediction for this fall. Also, moving off of football and onto the hardwood, we're talking the court, Cox. How about Lamont Paris and the squad getting the big upset over the Kentucky Wildcats on Tuesday night? We'll also look ahead to this weekend as South Carolina returns home to take on the Texas A&M Aggies as they begin a three-game homestand at the CLA. Also, we got your listener questions and a great conversation with my good friend, Taylor Dessen, fantastic content creator as we talk content, business, the Gamecocks, and much, much more. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Thursday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. They've got no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They got college sports, pro sports, anything and everything in between you can think of, they have got it. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks. And you should as well. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. 
simply never disappoints. On a day-in, day-out basis, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, the drama, the excitement, the non-stop energy is unlike anything you would find, I feel, when following any other collegiate team. Yet here we are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. We have got an electric show, a packed show here on this Thursday, and I hope this show does find you well. I'm aware you are what you're doing. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support this week as we are on the road right now. Yours truly, currently sitting in an Airbnb in Hilton Island. Absolutely beautiful Hilton Head Island. By the way, I'm looking out right now outside uh, onto the porch, past the porch, if you will, towards the beach, and it is absolutely fantastic. You know, it's funny. I love coming to the beach or going to the mountains or going to places in the quote-unquote off-season, right? Of course, it's fun to come here in June, July, August when it's, you know, nice and hot and it's warm and everybody's going to the beach. But there's something really nice about coming down here when it's a little bit slower, right? It's it's far less crowded, and you're able to just sort of take it all in, enjoy it, enjoy, you know, sort of the, uh, I had a guy tell me, you know, this is the low country. We nickname it the slow country for a slower pace of life. And you're able to take a load off. And every time I come down here, it's an absolute blast. Guys, I do want to start there and say thank you all so much. Those low country Gamecocks that came out to our event last night at Carolina Cigars, I want to say thank you all so much. And I truly appreciate you guys and the Carolina Cigars folks for having us uh, hosting the Daily Crow from the Cigar Lounge. is an absolute electric factory when we do it from there. Uh, truly a blast whenever we get to smoke a stogie and to do TDC at the same time. Of course, every time we have an event at Carolina Cigars as well, it's fantastic conversation and truly appreciate the Peterson family and all those fine folks at Carolina Cigars for having us. And guys, on that note, let's get into a couple of reminders, a couple of quick housekeeping items. There is no TDC today. You just get the podcast today. No Daily Crow, because thanks to the Carolina Cigars, boys, we are actually on the golf course today. So by the time you're hearing the sound of my voice, most likely I'm whacking the little white pearl around Hilton Head Island. Going to have one heck of a day. Great day to have a day. You know, the last time I was here, early November, the weather was absolutely horrendous. We had rain. We had overcast. We had wind. Fantastic weather this week, and we are enjoying it the correct way. First time, by the way, a little side note, first time yours truly have ever played golf on the coast, which sounds insane because I've played a lot of golf growing up. I played competitive golf until I was 16, for those of you that do not know, fun fact about me. But uh, I played golf growing up, and I've played golf in the mountains. Never played on the coast, though. So really excited and uh, looking forward to playing golf with the boys today. And I appreciate you guys, your understanding, your love, and your support. So no TDC today. It's why we had J.C. Sherbert on the Daily Crow yesterday. But, of course, we will return as normal, normal schedule tomorrow, noon to 2. We'll be back in the studio. And, again, appreciate you guys always rolling with the punches and understanding and supporting us as well. Also, guys, want to give you a quick update on the merchandise side of the business. First things first, we did drop some new merch earlier this week. All we got is all we need merch over at TSUS.store. Absolutely fire pieces. 
you guys know my style is less is more. I love just the text of things that only Gamecock fans would understand. So that all we got is all we need merch. Simple, but to the point, less is more efficient and beautiful, if I do say so myself. But more importantly, we are working on some things behind the scene, guys. Let me just tell you this. We are working on some things behind the scenes that is going to absolutely blow your mind. If you thought, if you thought we did big things on the merchandise side of the business last year, man, do I have some tricks up my sleeve in 2023? I'll just tell you this. We're working with Spencer Rattler's team right now. We're working with our good friend Kai Kroger, who's a TSUS athlete. We've got some other things that we're working on behind the scenes as well, guys. I am so excited because I've always loved the merchandise side of things from the jump. I always thought it was so cool to be able to, uh, you know, express or get my creative juices flowing and express my creativity through merch. But it's also so dope to, you know, put value out to the masses and give something to Gamecock Nation that all can enjoy and all you guys can uh, can rep on game days or rep in your day-to-day life and, and support the Gamecocks through that way and give fans an alternate in regards to merchandise they can rock, right? There's only so many block C polos or block C t-shirts you can earn own before it's like, all right, I kind of want something different. So that's where we've come into play. TSUS.store. We've got all our merch there. Of course, uh, we've still got the QB one merch over there, but uh, Beamer Rattler 23 and some other really exciting stuff coming your way soon. I cannot wait to drop it. I think you guys are going to be really, really, really excited. And I think even, surprised in a couple of instances as well as just some of the things we've got in the works right now. But again, really exciting stuff happening. And of course, it was all sparked in the last 24 or 48 hours or so. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Spencer Rattler is officially returning as Gamecock starting quarterback. Of course, guys, that follows the news earlier this week. We did not touch on it on the podcast on Monday because this news came out late Monday But Juice Wells, back. Spencer Rattler, back. And what that means for South Carolina football going into year three of the Shane Beamer era, guys, I will be the first to admit, by the way, I was back and forth, back and forth. You know, early on in the process, I thought Spencer Rattler would most likely return to South Carolina. I thought early on he would just because it made a lot of sense, right? I thought there were a lot of things that were pointing to why it made sense for him to come back to Columbia when you took a look at the 2022 season. And uh, I don't think it was really the season he wanted to have outside of the last two games that you factor in NIL and the opportunities there. And I thought, you know what? It makes a lot of sense for him to come back. But as the process continued to drag, and I fell, admittedly, I fell victim to the cryptic tweets that hit the internet, when uh, Juice Wells posted the picture of the NFL podium, if you will, and I thought, you know what, that's it. Juice is headed to the NFL. And, and Juice was always the key cog here, right? Because he made it very clear. Whatever my quarterback does, that's going to have a major, major influence on what I do moving forward. So once Juice Wells announced late Monday that he was coming back, you felt like it was a matter of when, not if, Spencer Rattler would announce his return. Of course, guys, late Tuesday night in the middle of the South Carolina-Kentucky basketball game, by the way, which I thought was really interesting timing. But Spencer Rattler does indeed announce his decision. And, of course, social media taken by storm. I think I saw the latest on Twitter. The video he posted has 2 million views. So people are excited. People are fired up. The college football world, not just South Carolina fans, not just SEC fans, but nationally 
in college football, people keeping their eye on the Gamecocks and Spencer Rattler and what Shane Beamer is building in Columbia, South Carolina. So really exciting times, guys. You know, we talked about this uh, a couple of times over the last few weeks, but obviously the impact this makes for South Carolina going into this fall. I mean, I, I don't think I really even have to speak on it too much. I think you guys understand the gravity of what it means for them to come back, right? I thought without these two guys, you know, I didn't think South Carolina this fall, it was just a, it was a definite, they were going to be terrible. They were going to take a major step back. But when you think about the talents that are Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, what they provide for your offense and what Dowell Loggins should be able to do with them, you know, I thought without these guys in your roster, realistically, you were looking at a six and six, maybe seven and five, a fringe bowl team, if you will, probably heading back to Charlotte or something like that, maybe even Birmingham. But with these guys coming back, and I tweeted it on Tuesday night and you know, I, I was serious. I think South Carolina, all of a sudden, with that announcement, they move into the position of being a dark horse in the SEC East race. And I understand. Listen, I get it. Georgia still exists. The SEC is still extremely competitive. The Gamecock schedule, which we're going to go through in just a second, is still really, really tough, right? It's the SEC week in, week out. It's a battle. But with those two guys back, and if you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. And when you look at what Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells and what that connection did over the last two weeks of the regular season, I think there's no reason to think why South Carolina cannot improve on their win total from the 2022 campaign and maybe, just maybe, even make some noise in the SEC East race. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. With that being said, of course, we were waiting on this decision. We were waiting on the decisions of Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells because of their great impact on the 2023 football season. So with that being said, it is way too early season, right? We've seen way too early top 25s. We've seen way too early college football playoff projections. We've seen way too early uh, Heisman Trophy odds, national champion odds. We've seen way too early predictions and is and as is tradition yours truly loves to get in on the fun we're talking way too early predictions for the Gamecocks 2023 football season now let me make this very clear as I state each and every single year these are exactly as I said way too early predictions so these predictions are subject to change between now and and my official predictions that I lock in over the summer. For example, last year this time, I picked South Carolina to lose to Clem Sucks. We got to the summer. We got to July. I changed my mind. I picked the upset and looked what happened. So with that being said, I just want to make it clear that these are subject to change. But right now, this is what I see, and I'm going to give my predictions without scores attached. Right over the summer, I lock in a score. I'm not going to give scores right now, but I'll give you a W or a L. We'll also talk wins, toss-ups, and losses, how I categorize the games on the schedule. We'll talk best case, worst case, expectations, all that good stuff. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into it. The way too early predictions for the 2023 football season. Let's first start with the schedule. How does the schedule set up? Uh, and it all begins Saturday, September the 2nd at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, a neutral site game. The Gamecocks open up with the North Carolina 
Tar Heels, Drake May, Mac Brown should be a top 25 matchup. By the way, that's something else I forgot to include, that with Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler returning, I do believe that South Carolina, who finished 23rd in both the AP and the coaches poll for the 2022 season, I do believe the Gamecocks are a preseason top 25 team. And if they're not, it, it's pure highway robbery because they absolutely deserve to be. But again, the schedule opens up UNC and Charlotte. Then the Gamecocks take on Furman at Georgia, Mississippi State at Tennessee, then a bye week. So the first five games is a bit of a gauntlet, right? You've got to go to Sanford. You got to go to Neyland. You got a tricky game at home against Mississippi State. I know, unfortunately, RIP Mike Leach, RIP the Pirate. They are dealing with the unfortunate situation of his passing, but still, that's a tricky game against Mississippi State. Then you've got the bye week on October the 7th. You then have Florida at Mizzou, at Texas A&M, and then you close out the season with four straight home games. Jacksonville State, Vandy, Kentucky, and Sucks on Saturday, November the 25th. So in this season that you have to go to Sanford Stadium, to Neyland Stadium, and to Kyle field the home slate sets up beautifully the road slate a little tricky and then of course that neutral site game against UNC but let's get into wins toss-ups and losses and let me explain I feel like I have to explain this every single year just exactly what this means when I say and I categorize the games in wins toss-ups and losses it's not even necessarily my prediction right but what it means is when I sit down and I make my picks I feel comfortable putting a W or an L or a toss-up next to this game in black ink, right? So I feel comfortable labeling the game as such. So obviously there's going to be more toss-ups than there are anything because normally, right, you go through a season, there's a lot of toss-up games, especially when you're a team like South Carolina. But I wanted to explain that, okay? So wins, toss-ups, and losses. We will start with the wins. These are games I feel confident. You just you just glance at the schedule. I'm putting a W next to these games in heavy black ink. So the first two that jump out to you, Furman, Jacksonville State at home. Gamecocks are going to win both those games. Vanderbilt, for me, is a win. I, I, I just, until Vandy beats South Carolina, I don't see it, right? I mean, that streak, I think, will continue. What is it, at 14 in a row now? I think South Carolina will make it 15 in a row this fall. I've got two more here, believe it or not. Versus Mississippi State in week four. Following the game at Georgia in Athens, right? What's going to happen? That's going to be a high-profile matchup, especially if you win week one against UNC. You could get college game day against the Dogs. Will South Carolina, if they lose, be licking their wounds and be hanging their head? Does Georgia possibly beat them twice? I think Mississippi State, they're a tough, gritty team, but because of the transitions they're going through, uh, with the unfortunate loss of Mike Leach and just everything that's happening, I feel confident putting right now, putting a W next to that game against Mississippi State. And my fifth and final game that I'm putting in the win column, the home date late in the season against Kentucky. I, I am now at the point, guys, where I feel confident saying that Kentucky's a win. It should be a win. I think Kentucky is going through a transition period, losing Will Levis. I think you're going to see the Cats start to fall off. I, I, I think Kentucky, listen, they've had a nice run. They won a couple of bowl games. Mark Stoops done a fantastic job there flipping their program. I think you're slowly but surely going to see Kentucky revert back to the Kentucky of old. So I'm comfortable putting that game 
in the W bucket as well. So that's five wins right there for you. South Carolina, only one shy of bowl eligibility. Let's go into toss-ups next. Games that I label as a toss-up. And again, this is a bit of a long list. The season opener against North Carolina. I think that will be a really fun quarterback matchup. Should be a high-scoring game. At Tennessee, in Neyland. Yes, you beat them 63-38 to last season. They'll be looking for revenge. Will it be Joe Milton? Will it be this high-flying $8 million quarterback they've gotten? But Tennessee, I think, will be a threat yet again. That's a tough game. That's a toss-up game in week five of the season. Florida at home. I think there's many of you probably coming off the bye week, you will put this in the win column. I want to. I really want to. But the way the Gators beat, her, beat you last year, and I agree it's one that I lean towards the win side because Florida has got their own slew of problems right now with Billy Napier and what he's dealing with. And Mark Ryan talked about it on TDC yesterday. It's the island of misfit toys at the quarterback position. I'm putting that one as a toss-up right now, though, just because of what happened last year. Uh, at Missouri, guys, I mean, you have to, listen, you have to label it as a toss-up. You, you just, you simply don't have a choice. Uh, I don't want to. I hate it. This game against Mizzou has turned in the latest Kentucky streak, what Kentucky streak was when you lost, what, five in a row to them or so. Uh, you've lost four in a row to Mizzou, five in a row to Eli Drinkwitz. This game, at minimum, has got to go in the toss-up category. Bottom line. Uh, at Texas A&M, a toss-up. I think just because playing at Kyle Field's tough, you've never won there. I do think Texas A&M will be better. How much better, I don't know. Uh, adding Bobby Petrino as their offensive coordinator is a very, very interesting move. But uh, you got to show me at Kyle Field. It's a tough place to play. We'll see if the Gamecocks can snap a streak against A&M yet again. And then the season finale against Clem Sucks. I do have that in the toss-up category simply because it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. And guys, I would say unless there's just some clear-cut advantage, right? Like where South Carolina is elite going 15-0 and and Clem Sucks is a 5-7, and 6-6 and program. Well, then it's like, okay, that's a kick-in, easy W. It'll be a blowout. I'm not comfortable putting it in there yet, However, you guys will hear my prediction in just a second. I feel confident about the game. Cade Klubnik, what's he all about? Clem sucks. They are transitioning as a program, no doubt. I think South Carolina is obviously closing the gap in that rivalry, but I still put it as a toss-up right now, which leaves one lone game in the loss bucket. One lone game that I'm putting a loss next to in heavy black ink, and I know some of you may disagree, but the game at Georgia, I, I just feel like you have to put respect on the names of the back-to-back -back national champions. I understand Georgia's going to be going through a transition. I get it. The dogs will be replacing their quarterback. They're going to be replacing a lot of talent. But, guys, they're going to be replacing all that talent with extreme talent. <laughs> they, they, you know, today's backups for Georgia are tomorrow's draft picks. Like, truly, that's the position they are in. So, I think... Uh, until South Carolina plays them close again. You know, if the game was at Willie B, maybe I'd feel differently. But the way they beat you last year, too, and the way that the game has not been competitive of late, I've got to give Georgia the edge right now. And so I will put an L next to that game. Now, that is not to say, right, we get to the week of the game and South Carolina's 2-0 and and has looked good. And Georgia, they haven't looked good to the first two weeks. Hey, these predictions are subject to change. But right now, at this point in January, just a couple of days after the Dogs dismantled TCU and won the national championship, I think you have to put respect on their name. You absolutely have to. So again, in my win bucket, 
I've got Furman, Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, and Kentucky. In my toss-up bucket, I've got UNC, Tennessee, Florida, Mizzou, Texas A&M, and Clem Sucks. And in my loss bucket, I've got the Georgia Bulldogs. Let's move into best-case, worst-case scenario for the 2023 football season. When I take a look at this schedule, I'll start with worst-case, right? And when I say worst-case and best-case, I mean realistic Worst case and best case. Because you could say, well, the worst case is you go 0-12, best case 12-0. No, like realistically, slap dick. Like what has to happen or what will happen? What could happen that can make this thing swing one way or the other? My worst case for this group is 7-5. and five. I, I really do not think you fall below the 7-win threshold. You know, is there a possibility that Dowell Loggins was not the answer? It was a swing and miss. I'm more so concerned about the defense. I think this is a huge year for Clayton White. I actually do think the return of Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells. I think it puts a lot of pressure on Clayton White, Jimmy Lindsey, that entire defensive staff to hold up their end of the bargain, especially when you look at how porous the run defense has been over the last couple of years. Um, but I think seven and five, you know, a year that maybe Spencer Rattler doesn't doesn't play as well as you'd hope. The defense is is still anemic or even worse than they were last year because they're trying to plug some holes. And, you know, if the injury bug were to hit, I see seven and five being your worst case. Now, your best case scenario realistic best case scenario I'm going with 10 and 2 and I've seen some 11 and 1s out there guys again I'm trying to be realistic best case think about the fact that South Carolina has only won 11 games three times in school history and all three times it took a bowl win to get that 11th win so think about how rare that is. If you're just willingly throwing out the 11 and one prediction or even the 11 and one best case scenario, even the best teams in school history had a hiccup here and there. So I think best case 10 and two, worst case seven and five, where does the truth lie? Probably somewhere in the middle. And with that being said, let's dive into it. My official way too early game-by-game game predictions for the 2023 football season. And we will start with the season opener in Charlotte, North Carolina, which I wish this was a home in a way. I, I really wish this was a campus game. I'd love to go to Chapel Hill. I think that'd be a lot of fun. We'd love to get UNC back in Williams-Brice Stadium, but whatever. Either way, the neutral site, Charlotte, North Carolina, Gamecocks take it on UNC. This will be a really fun one, I think, an offensive football game. Spencer Rattler against Drake May, I think one of the better quarterback matchups you will see this season. I do think South Carolina, with all this preseason hype, all this preseason momentum, am I concerned a little bit about the secondary? And that I think this will most certainly be a test for your defense in week one. I think you're going to have to score a lot of points. I think the Gamecocks get off to a fast start, though. I think they outscore UNC. They do just enough. Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, again, the hype, the excitement leading up to it is going to be crazy. I think they're going to want to put on a freaking show and put on a show they will. I've got South Carolina winning the football game against UNC to start 1-0. Week 2 against Furman, guys, not a whole lot of explanation needed here. Gamecocks get an easy W. What you hope to see is if they're still on the roster, maybe some Luke Doty, maybe some Lenora Sellers, maybe a Tanner Bailey, maybe some others getting the quarterback, maybe a Dak Joyner gets some reps back there. South Carolina wins easy. They roll over Furman to move to 2-0, and which I think will set up. South Carolina at this point probably is ranked in the top 15. Georgia's probably still number one. 
I think you could see college game day. I think it's a primetime game, a big-time atmosphere, a sold-out Sanford Stadium. I do think the Gamecocks will give Georgia a much, much, much tougher challenge than they did a season ago at Williams-Brice Stadium. However, right now, as I mentioned earlier, guys, I've got to pick Georgia to win this football game. I think South Carolina falls a 2-1, 0-1 in SEC play. You know, I, I just, again, you, you got to tip your cap to the back-to-back national champions. Yes, they're going to be reloading. Yes, they're going to have to figure some things out, especially at the quarterback position, but it's Georgia. And, I mean, they really are. They run college football at this point and, uh, until, you know, I still think South Carolina is a couple of years away in the trenches and just overall talent-wise to go toe-to-toe and compete and beat a Georgia, especially on their field. But I think it'll be a much better game than what you saw last year at Willie B. But South kind of falls. They fall to 2-1, and 0-1 in SEC play, which will set up a really, really big game in week four against the Mississippi State Bulldogs, right? You've got to respond. You've got to bounce back in the right way here. Mississippi State is going through some things. They're going to be a mystery. It honestly still feels weird to me talking about Mississippi State and, and like, you know, projecting them and how, you know, it's it just feels strange, right, when you talk about Mike Leach and his passing. But, hey, life goes on. The world keeps spinning. And you got to play football. So South Carolina will host them. I think the Gamecocks at home will take care of business. I think they get the dub and bounce back from the Georgia loss. At Tennessee, right before the bye week, This is not going to be a popular pick, but I do have Tennessee getting revenge. I think the Volunteers hand South Carolina the L. I think Tennessee is still going to be a really, really good football team. I don't think this one loss will define your season. I think it's going to be, guys, I think this is a coin flip 50-50 game. But I think Tennessee, whether it's Joe Milton, whether it's whoever else at quarterback, I think they're always going to have a really, really productive offense. I think Josh Heupel and company at home right now. I'm going to put an L next to this game. I've got Tennessee getting the dub. So the Gamecocks will go into the bye week 3-2 and two and 1-2 and two in SEC play. So kind of a, you know, for some people an iffy start. Um, two really tough road games at Georgia, at Tennessee. I don't think there'd be really any shame in being 3-2. and two. If you can be 4-1, and one, I think that's probably, I don't know the Gamecocks, or I don't know a Gamecock fan that would not take that. But I've got you 3-2, and two, one and two in SEC play. Coming off the bye week, South kind of hosting the Florida Gators. I do think the Gamecocks will take care of business here in this one, guys. I think Florida, you know, I know I put this one in the toss-up category, but Billy Napier, I mean, who knows? I don't I don't know if he lasts three years there. I mean, really, truly, you look at the Graham Mertz kid they picked up out of the transfer portal. Again, we talked to Mark Ryan, who is a Gator man by trade. And he talked about just how underwhelming that is and how the struggles of what Florida – is dealing with. I think South Carolina will get major, major revenge in this one. I think it could be a blowout win. Uh, Coming off the bye week as well, you know, Shane Beamer and company, they love to cook off the bye. I think they'll do that. Big, big day for Spencer Rattler and that offense. They take care of business against the Gators and get a bounce-back dub after the Tennessee loss. At Missouri, this is one. This, This game... This game is so hard to pick. And you know what makes South Carolina football, and really just college football as a whole, so hard to pick? Because it's not as easy as like, oh, well, this team should win this one. Here's a dub. Oh, this team should lose this one. Here's an L. Like, it never plays out that way, right? Like, if you're not predicting the 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 unlikely, then you're probably going to be wrong. Because that's literally what college football is. 
With that being said, I'm almost doing this out of principle than anything, right? Where it's just like, I know South Carolina should beat Mizzou. You know South Carolina should beat Mizzou. We all know the Gamecocks need to beat Mizzou. But four straight losses to the Tigers, five straight losses to Eli Drinkwitz. I don't know if he's got some voodoo magic on the Gamecocks or what is going on. But until I see it at this point, guys, I got to pick Mizzou to get the W. I I, I just, I, I hate to do it. It's it's nasty even saying it. It's nasty spitting it out of my mouth. But I'm taking Mizzou. I think South Carolina, for whatever reason, they cannot. I don't think Mizzou is going to be a better team than South Carolina. I don't think they're even going to finish with remotely as good a record. But I think the Gamecocks, until they show, until they show, right, that they're ready to win this game, until they show they're able to get the 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 uh, the tiger sized monkey off their back. I got to take the Missouri Tigers in this one. So I, I think the Gamecocks drop this one. I think a lot of you will be looking around saying, what in the world's going on? We're sitting here at, uh, what, four and three on the season. We're, uh, we're, we're struggling. We're licking our wounds. What's going on? I think the Gamecocks, though, I think this is the point in the season, though, where you catch fire at Texas A&M in Kyle Field. Really tough place to play. I think Shane Beamer's boys will bounce back in a big way. I think they show that character, show that resiliency. I think they will get the dub. Jacksonville State, don't need to say a whole lot. I think that's a W, obviously. And then this final three-game home stretch, this three-game home stretch to close out November, Vandy, Kentucky, Clem sucks. Vandy, I talked about earlier. That streak's going to continue again until Vanderbilt even shows they're even remotely on the same level as South Carolina. Pick the Gamecocks. Death, taxes, and South Carolina football beating Vandy no matter how good or bad they are. That streak will extend to 15. Kentucky, again, I think is falling off. I think they're reverting back to the Kentucky of old. I've got South Carolina getting the win in this one. I don't think the Cats will be very good. The home finale against the Clem Sucks Tigers. I wonder how, how, how Clem Sucks fans felt when they saw the news of Juice Wells and Spencer Rattler returning. Clem Sucks fans, I know that you're tuned in. I know there's a couple of you that linger around, that troll, that tune in. How does it feel to know that your daddy is returning? How does it feel to know that a year ago to the date, many of you were snickering and laughing and in our mentions proclaiming that Shane Beamer would never beat the Clemsucks Tigers. These programs aren't even remotely close. How does it feel now to know that South Carolina, not only what you said was completely inaccurate, but the Gamecocks could realistically make it two in a row. Clemsucks a retooling year for them. They continue to slip as a program. Cade Klubnik, is he the answer? Dabo Sweeney can't get his head out of his ass long enough to coach a single game. I think South Carolina at home, Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, they run it back yet again. I listed this game as a toss-up, but I can tell you guys this. There will not be a moment. There will not be a moment this preseason where I feel even 1% of doubt that South Carolina is going to extend its winning streak, go to two straight wins over the arch rival, get the W at home. Thank you. Come again. Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells. They said, "Uh uh-uh, we ain't losing to the arch rival. We're going undefeated against Clem Sucks, which will put South Carolina and lock me in for this point, or at this point, my way too early predictions at nine and three and five and three in SEC play, which I think will be good enough to land South Carolina a second-place finish 
in the SEC East and potentially maybe even a New Year's Six Bowl, a New Year Bowl game. So I, I think South Carolina will be a good football team this year. I think the Gamecocks truly are a dark horse if some things can break their way. I think they're a dark horse in the SEC East right now for me, though. My way too early predictions. And again, these are subject to change. They're subject to change. But I've got South Carolina 9-3, and 5-3 and three in SEC play. I feel confident with that pick. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear from you guys how you all feel. Of course, the hype train's going crazy. I've had to kind of reel myself in a couple of times when it comes to predictions and thoughts on the season because my first thought was, hey, we're going to win it all. Why not? Let's go win the SEC championship. But you still got to be realistic. There's still holes this team has to plug, right, especially defensively, especially up front. But I do think South Carolina is in prime position to have a breakout year in year three of Shane Beamer. Um, and I think fans should be excited, man. The electricity, the energy, the buzz should be, and it will be at an all-time high. And I think the Gamecocks are set up very, very well to make some noise this fall uh, in the SEC. So nine and three, five and three in conference play is where I fall. How do you feel? What are your thoughts? What are your predictions? Uh, we'll read some guys in our listener questions, but cannot wait to hear from you all week long. And of course, I know there'll be a lot of banter and a lot of conversation when I drop uh, all the content, the graphics, the videos, all that good stuff. But uh, let me know your thoughts uh, in our DMs, our mentions, what have you. I've got nine and three, five and three. How do you feel at this point for the Gamecocks 2023 football season? That being said, guys, we're going to move off of football and on the hardwood really quickly. Before we do, I want to say about our friends over at Carolina Cigars, because as always, TSUS is brought to you by our friends at Carolina Cigars. Guys, Carolina Cigars has been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Whether you're new to the cigar scene or whether you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable. Stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together, share conversations, and become friends. So if you're into cigars and you're on Hilton Head Island, you really do need to come by and visit them. They offer same-day shipping nationwide, free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions. They're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around Hilton Head Island, and they offer special events throughout the year as well. They want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection they're very proud of and their beautiful cigar lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Guys, they're the only place that I get my cigars. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. You can find them on Instagram at, at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. All right, let's move on to the hardwood, guys, really briefly. South Carolina upsetting Kentucky. What a win for Lamont Paris' squad. The ability to bounce back. After that humiliation against the Tennessee Volunteers, a game, by the way, guys, in which you scored 42 total points on Saturday against Tennessee. You had 42 points at halftime of the game against Kentucky. It just goes to show you never know in sports, man. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And truly, you never know when it comes to the Gamecocks. Uh, this team coming home, returning home, beginning a three-game home stretch. Some very winnable games upcoming, and it starts with Texas A&M, who J.C. Sherbert pointed out to us yesterday, South Carolina has beaten Six times in a row. They're coached by Buzz Williams. Really good team. I will say, though, guys, I'm a lock in a prediction right now. I think the Gamecocks come home off that big win. I think it's a team that's still learning how to handle success and handle failure. But how does this team now respond 
to winning a big game like Kentucky? Do they get comfortable? Do we see a, a lapse in concentration for whatever reason? I think Texas A&M, again, a very well-coached team. They need this W on the road. I think they will snap the streak. I don't know that South Carolina has the depth, has the talent to sustain the level of play we saw on Saturday, or excuse me, on Tuesday night against the Cats. For that reason, I've got Texas A&M 74, South Carolina 69. Lock me in with that prediction. I hope I'm wrong, and I think this is a very winnable game. I think it's a great opportunity, but I do think the Gamecocks will fall coming off of that big win against Kentucky. 74-69, Aggies. Lock me in for the prediction. Guys, that being said, hey, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and get into your listener questions. And of course, we got a great conversation with Taylor Desson as well. Seabreeze uh, 1 says, Rattler throws 200 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and we win the Natty. I love that. Edot Bates underscore says, Cox win the Natty. Absolutely. Capped underscore Kirby, 10 and 2, easy. And of course, guys, the question I posed, what are your predictions for the upcoming season? Uh, PJ Kramer 18 says, long as our offense can learn some consistency, Consistent first down plays. I see nine wins. My guy, Nick Casares, my ripper, my ghoul, my John, 15 and 0, he says. Don't ghoul me like that. Uh, Noah Brunty, 9 and 3, lost to Tennessee, Georgia, and a random loss to Mizzou and Kentucky. You and I are right on the same page. You and I are right on the same page when it comes to the prediction. Krusty Andy, do you think we'll get any receivers out of the portal to help Rattler and Wells? I, I think we will. I think. Uh, I think you're in a great position now, right, with Spencer Rattler returning. I think there's a lot of talented guys that probably look at South Carolina and say, I want to go play there. I want to go play with Spencer Rattler. I think you will see it happen. Uh, Joe Sternberg, 12, says 9-3 and with losses to Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. Okay, so you got a loss to UNC. Uh, Our guy, Brendan M., Brendan M. of the Big Cock Club, he says 15-0. and Book it. Love that. Feels good to be good. Ross Reeves says Natty. (laughs) Wesley Oakley says, does Rattler Wells return? have any positive effect on recruiting? I think absolutely, guys. I mean, you saw Nick Harbour reply the eyeball emojis to Spencer Rattler's tweet. I think it absolutely has uh, a positive effect. Uh, Turner Fabian 1 says, Juice for the Bolitnikoff, Spencer for the Heisman. Why not? Spencer Rattler for Heisman.com. Austin G underscore 45. Feels like the floor is 7 and 5. The ceiling is between 9 and 10 wins. Again, great minds think alike, my friend. I agree with you. Uh, Kettlebell Swinger 76 is 9 and 3 or 10 and 2. Dwill 337 says 8 and 4. And our good friend Lucas... Pisatelli, I, I probably said that wrong. 11-1, only loss coming to the Georgia Bulldogs. So, uh, I appreciate you guys. Again, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun this offseason, this preseason, if you will, breaking everything down, talking football. I, I know we're going to be counting on the days. I think we have like 224 days or something. I don't even know. Um, guys, also, by the way, this is the last show until really like late this summer without some sort of baseball content. And Monday, we'll start a position unit preview series talking the Yardcocks. Of course, Tuesday of next week is officially one month away from opening day. So looking forward to talking Yardcocks, continuing to follow the basketball team. And of course, guys, Gamecocks football just truly never disappoints. A date to keep in mind, by the way, one week from today, the transfer portal closes. So I'm sure there will be some noise made in the portal from the Gamecock side of things. I know there's a couple of guys they're keeping their eyes on of players they want to add. So uh, we will see what happens. And of course, we will stay on top of it. Guys, again, let me say this. Thank you all so much. Appreciate the love, the support. Another successful week. It's been absolutely incredible being here uh, out of town on the road in Hilton Head. But no matter where we are, you guys continue to show love, show support. And I cannot say thank you enough and how grateful I am for each and every single one of you. 
that tunes in. Guys, with that being said, appreciate you all tuning in. Do not go anywhere, though. Our good friend Taylor Destin joined the combo again. We talk content. We talk business. We talk Gamecocks. A little bit of a different conversation, right? I'm sure not many of you know who Taylor is, but I'd like to get some people on that, you know, from the content side of things, as we sort of, quote-unquote, slow down in regards to games, especially around football, uh, talking to some people about the business of content and the way social media works and just some fun, engaging, interesting entertaining conversation so with that being said guys appreciate you all tuning in thank y'all so much have a fantastic weekend and enjoy this conversation with taylor Dessen. all right guys joining us today on the spurs up show taylor Dessen. a little bit of a different conversation obviously normally i'm having on uh different media t- types if you will former gamecocks athletes personalities what have you but as we we get we, we put football in the rear view, and we turn the page the 2023 calendar year. A man that you guys have probably seen him on social media, and that's why I wanted to bring him on. As someone that is a content creator and a content man myself, he embodies every bit of that word on the staffing side of things in that world, that industry. But just wanted to have a great conversation with a guy that, again, is in that social media realm, that social media scope, and has built something for himself as a content creator on social media and also – he is a huge Gamecock fan. Taylor Destin. Taylor, I appreciate you taking the time, and it's a pleasure to have you on. What's going on, my friend? Yeah, dude, it's it's uh it's great to be here. You know, I uh I'm very I'm very grateful to use the power of social media to network with some of my favorite personalities, like your personalities, quote unquote, uh, like yourself. Um, and I'm honored to be on your podcast because you know, I went to University of South Carolina, I graduated in 2011 um with a business degree. I was on the drum line. Um, for two years, um, I was at the game, um, where top 10, um, we had, uh, it was, uh, us in Kentucky, um, top 10 matchup. They had, um, they had Randall Cobb and some studs and, and, and we obviously were, were pretty decent as well. And it was so loud. I couldn't hear 2001, um, on the field. And I think the next year they upgraded their, uh, stereo system. So, uh, all that being said, I'm a huge game cock and follow along with everything you put out. And so I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. Taylor. And again, I appreciate you and I'm grateful to have you on. And, and I'll say this again, that, uh, I know this is obviously, you know, it's no secret. It's a little bit of a different conversation that I normally have, but, you know, I think it's important to have, and I wanted to have, because, you know, I'm more than just a Gamecock fan. You know, I love business, sure. love creating content. I love creating content at scale on social media. And then again, you're someone that embodies that as well. And you look at what you've done on social media in the staffing landscape. Just give people an idea what it is exactly that you do. Because even me, like, I see it and I respect your grind and I love yeah. it. And again, you're someone that I know you're like me. Like, I believe in mass content creation and you do the same. Yeah. You talk about all the time content in the recruiting space, which is so unique to me because, you know, for those that do not know before I was doing what I'm doing now, (laughs) I did live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I spent some time in staffing. And I can tell you nobody, nobody I ever interacted with was doing what you're doing and approaching it the way you do. So just give people an idea what exactly it is that you do and how you utilize social media to, to push that forward. Yeah. So I, um, uh, so after I graduated South Carolina, I moved to Nashville to do music like everyone else. Um, and then quickly realized that, um, I was really bad at networking, which is why I'm so passionate about it. And also, um, I just, uh, I just didn't like staying up till 3am to be totally honest with you. So, um, I found a job as a recruiter. Um, so basically for those of you who will listen now or in the future, um, what I do is I help people get jobs. 
that simple specifically in the tech ecosystem software development whatever it just in general um is my specialty and and i i got into content creation believe it or not because of covid um you know i you know our industry in layman's terms is, is a lot of cold dming a lot of rejections a lot of cold emails and i always say my dating life in high school and college set me up to be a recruiter because it's a lot of no's <laughs> um and so basically um what i realized is to be different and to communicate to people um in a different way i'm all about doing things differently um that i started to put things out on the internet photo video audio you, i mean you name it um and uh I've been at it for three years now, three years this March. Um, it's been three years since COVID hit the scene, as you could say. Um, and uh, it's it's been a wild ride and and it's completely, um, it's honestly completely changed my career. You know, it's interesting you bring up COVID, Taylor, because it, it's that, that was, you know, as, as terrible as that obviously was. I mean, I, I don't Sure. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the year 2020, but I will say the year 2020 was also a year where I think a lot of people you know, if you, if you approached it the right way, right? Like if you were not directly affected by COVID, obviously I'm not talking about those people, but for, for people like us that, um, you know, you could take that time and like build out your skill set and, and learn a new trade, learn a new skill because people had so much downtime. I mean, that's when, that's when, uh, you know, I worked with my good buddy, Chris Marler. I know you know who that is of Saturday down South or what have you. And uh, yeah, I linked up with Marler and I started asking him about graphics and stuff like that. That's where I learned to make graphics. Like the graphics that I'm publishing on social media. I literally took that two, three, four month, you know, I say hiatus, but took that time if you were to learn that. So it's just kind of interesting how, you know, I've met different creators of what as well that have used or that use that time to, you know, it was an interesting time. It was, it was a time where some people yeah. got lazy and sat back and did nothing, but also some others, you know, innovated. Yeah, exactly. Innovated, use it to their advantage. So it, it's yeah. really interesting. I, I'll ask you this when it comes to social media, which one's your favorite Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok? I mean, they've all, cause I get that question a lot. They've sure. all got different they're different uses. You know, I look at Twitter as like the water cooler of our society. Right. And yeah. that's, you know, it's, it's interesting with Twitter. That's where I started my business. That's the one that I really grew my business on first. And so I love it for that reason. I think it's also an incubator of madness, which we have seen recently. Um, Instagram. I love a lot. Cause I feel like it's just, it's just purely dope shit. It's just purely dope content, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it, you, you, just, you just follow along to see dope graphics, dope video, what have you. And then, of course, you have your Facebook, which feels like it's been around forever. And then TikTok is the new hip thing. And I know you're on that as well. So which one's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I know you utilize basically all of them. Yeah, I definitely utilize all of them. Um, you know, and I would LinkedIn, say- by the way. So you're on the LinkedIn. Yeah, you're big saying. on the LinkedIn grind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the LinkedIn grind for sure. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's born for some people. They're like seriously LinkedIn, but yeah, it's wild. It's basically like the TikTok of professional professionals. Uh, I know like Gary V preaches on it, but I'm like, I I just don't know that the Spurs up show would have a lot of value on LinkedIn. uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, I'm going to argue. I I, listen, I think there's a lot of business professionals out there that would love to get fed sports uh, information on LinkedIn. um, But that's just me. Um, I, I, I do this. I argue, not argue, but I push back on everybody because I think there is a specific there's a nuance to all of them but in in my perspective i definitely think twitter i'd say is probably my favorite as well um you know i am not into like um uh, all of my content that i put out is is very video heavy um i um i do some photos and some graphics but for the most part it's very video heavy so um it's video and 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 uh written word like typing keys that type of thing um and so twitter twitter is very good for me for that 
Um, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, you're able to cover a lot of ground, talk to a lot of people, touch on a lot of people in a day on Twitter that you probably couldn't get to on other platforms. Um, and then obviously LinkedIn, but Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, and, and I would say for everybody, you know, my biggest suggestion, if you're starting on your content journey, just pick one or two. I mean, you know, I, you probably have the same advice too. I mean, if you, if you try to tackle all six, seven platforms, like you're just going to get burnt out. And so in March of 2020, I was like, where's my audience? TikTok, LinkedIn, 2021, I added in um, TikTok and, and then 2022 was Instagram. And then 2023 is going to be the year of YouTube for me. So. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Taylor. I don't know how many people how many people know this, but uh, you know, it was six years ago to this month that I started creating content around the Gamecocks in some capacity. That's crazy. The, the journey of Armchair All Americans, they needed a South Carolina contributor. And so <clears throat> they were on Twitter, had no Facebook, no Instagram. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's what that's why I said Twitter was, you know, where it really started. And then like a year into it or a year and a half, even it wasn't until that point that I was like, okay, let's fire up the Instagram and get the Instagram going. And, you know, then the rest is history. But uh, when, when it comes to your content, Taylor, and by the way, maybe, maybe just maybe you'll be the inspiration for me to start to throw <laughs> up on LinkedIn. You never, I mean, you never know. Hey, there's people on there. Like you said, that are, there's people on there. Why not? But uh, when it comes to your content, how much of it would you say is, premeditated versus organic in the sense of like, and I'm not saying like you obviously read off a script or anything like no, that. Yeah. Obviously there, there's some content that more thought goes into it. Like I, I want to make sure I touch on this. I'm going to talk about this versus it's just completely organic off the wall. Maybe it's inspired by, you know, a question you get or yeah. an email or a DM or a tweet. And, and that's why I love my live show. Right. Because you yeah, know, you're yeah. Audience, my audience doesn't, you know, maybe they do realize, but I think a lot don't, which is it's a beautiful thing because they inspire me based off what questions they ask or the calls that come in and stuff like that. And I heard something today that I thought was a really interesting perspective that and you know, it's not to say that if you, you know, if you premeditate a piece of content that it's it's not pure from the heart, but there is a there is a you know, there, there's a beauty to and just to, when the content is organic and it's completely unplanned and it's almost one of those things, Taylor, and I'm sure you resonate with what I'm saying, like you get into peak flow state where it's like you're talking and you're speaking and you're not even thinking about what you're saying. And it's just naturally flowing. Crazy. So yeah. like, what do you what do you feel like the balance is for you in regards to completely organic content versus, you know, premeditated stuff that, you know, you want to touch on? Because I'm sure there's things you go into on a weekly or daily basis. Yeah, make sure I, I mean. So, so I mean, in a nutshell, so I've created a framework of main topics that I want to touch on to who I'm talking to, right? So, you know, you know, am I talking to somebody who's on the job search? Am I talking to someone who's hiring? Am I talking to another recruiter in the industry? Am I talking to, I'm trying to think of all of my quote unquote pillars. I think that's, I think that's the main of them. So basically, so I, I do that. But honestly, so for the first year or two, I was super rigid, right? So on Mondays, I only posted about recruiters on Tuesdays, only posted about job seekers. The the all the topics under that were all kind of flow state, whatever you want to call it, off the cuff. But I still now, after almost three years of really getting into it, honestly, I just do what's on my brain, right? Like, and 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 what I tell people is, you know, the closer you can bridge the gap between your personal life and your social, your online presence, the closer you can like close that gap the more you're going to do yourself to your community 
and you're going to build community that that way. And you're also going to share a lot more too, that you didn't realize it. Right. So a buddy of mine, so I play ice hockey. Um, I'm actually playing tonight. First game back after the, uh, first game after the season, I think spurs up probably needs a little sponsor, but anyways, um, but basically, uh, you know, one of my hockey buddies, I, I texted him. I said, Hey man, are, are, are you playing money? He goes, yes. He goes, also, by the way, I want to let you know, I, I used your resume template and it was great. And I've gotten a bunch of interviews from it. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I screenshotted that text and I shared it right. Old Taylor wouldn't have thought that way, but new Taylor is like, listen, every single bit of information that people text me that, that I receive or give out through text messaging, whatever can be uh, effective to somebody in the middle of nowhere, Delaware. Right. And so I think being able to come up with that, right. You tweet things about, you know, the Gamecocks that may be obscure, but the thing is though, like, like a one small snippet of conversation you had about a potential recruit in the 2024 class, people freak out over that shit. Right. And so I actually take a lot of what I do from you, from individuals in pop culture, because the more information you can share in bite-sized pieces, the more people will will love it. I mean, listen, we live on our phones every day. So why don't you just give the people what they want? Just give them shit. Yeah. People will click. People will swipe. So just post it. Yeah. I mean, again, that's why I believe in mass content creation. Yeah. That's, you know, that's incredible to hear. And, and I think we're all, you know, I think we're all interconnected, you know, in regards to, you know, creatives and thinkers and dreamers to, you know, we're all put on this earth to inspire each other in, in some form or fashion it's a beautiful thing when that can happen again it's it's uh i tell my audience all the time and those that are uh that interact with this on a day in day out basis again like you mentioned like everything i see i find inspiration all over the place i mean it's it's really incredible and so from other creators like yourself as well um let's uh let's talk gamecocks taylor i mean obviously you're a south kind of fan thoughts on the season i know we were talking a little spencer rattler juice wells before we jumped on but uh overall thought shane beamer got just got a huge pay raise through two years Close so out I'm, the way they did. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, it's so funny. So, um, I, and, and I've shared some texts with you. So I'm up in Vols land up in Nashville and it is absolutely brutal. To be honest with you, uh, the Clemson game is not big for me anymore. It's not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually the UT game. Um, because after we, uh, beat the Vols, I sent a mass email to my entire office of like a hundred people. And all it says was Cox. That's all it said. So, uh, so, so definitely, um, the, uh, the, the, the UT game is super important. You know, I I think I'm going to go a little, little different, um, with your answer here, because I actually just talked about it in my live show this morning about leadership and, and, and what Shane Beamer's done from a culture perspective and like getting guys that want to be there. And I think it's fascinating because if you see what Shane's doing and, and going out and getting guys who like, who like love football, right? Like you can tell Shane is going out and getting guys that like love the game and, and, and want to be at the university. And, and and I talked about this, like I said, in my live show this morning, where in the job search jobs are fluid these days, right? So you got to pick why, why are you going to a job, right? Is it the money? Is it the NIL? Is it money? Is it the coach? Is it the manager? Is it the job responsibilities is it were you you know were you promised starter from day one and 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 I think what we're seeing with people leaving the Jordan Birches I think it's fascinating that the Jordan Birches the Jaheim Bells and the Marshawn Lloyds were all from Muschamp staff mm-hmm. and I think I I think the one thing that Beamer's doing that's what I'm trying to do with my team that I'm leading um, remotely there's there's 15 of us is you want to get people who who love what they do. 
And you want to get people who want to show up every day and, and work together. And I think what Beamer's doing, I think, I think it's going to be a little bit slow of a roll. You know, if we don't get Rattler and if we don't get juice back this, this upcoming year, I think you're going to see a little dip and that's fine. But I think long-term Beamer's going after guys, you know, I think I was listening to either your podcast or JC's about, you know, um, uh, who's our DB coach, uh, drawing a blank. Orion Gray. Torian Gray. So, I mean, he always said like you would see guys when he was at Virginia Tech, three-star guys pop off like at the end of the year that you never heard before. Why? Because there's passion. And so I think all that being said, I think, I think Beamer's the guy. I think he's going after players. You know, I think you kind of get weird, right? The Dow Loggins hire. I mean, I was texting you and I was like, I was like, who the <laughs> fuck is Dow Loggins? Like, I have no idea who this guy is. But I think the thing is, is that if you listen to Dow's press conference that, that you do so well, live tweeting, literally, I just, I don't even watch Gamecocks. I just literally follow your tweets. And it's like, he was like, something was special here. He goes, the fact that we beat y'all in week two, and then y'all proceeded to reel off what you did. He goes, there is something special here. So again, I think what Beamer's trying to do and going after guys and even or coordinators that want to be here, I think is something that's not talked about enough. Yeah, when you got a bunch of people in the building, Taylor, I would say that all believe in the same goal and all, all moving the same direction, right? And they're all bought in. I think it was Perry Orth that told me, you know, you can do a lot more with a lot less. Oh, you, and, that, and that applies to anything beyond anything. Sport, because, you know, I mean, my my team, I mean, you know, bring back to business. And I, I love talking Gamecock, Beamer, and business because it, it's so closely related. But like my team that I started was a complete startup. And it was just like seven of us who just like, we were all bought in. It was us against the world. Like, we're going to get after it. And like, we were successful. And then a year and a half later, we were quote unquote merged with a larger team because of the success we had. And we had a bunch of people who'd never done the industry before. Yeah. Right. So it, it, it I, I think, I think you can get a little nervous, right? We gave Muschamp a huge raise and we saw it happen year three. I think you tweeted that out. Uh, I love that. Do with that what you will on one of your last graphics. But I also think too, I think, uh, I think it's going to be a fun year. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm just glad we're just showing up and now and putting up points. I mean, the fact we lost to Notre Dame, I'm fine with that. But the fact that we like actually put up 38 points and look super freaking competitive in a bowl game is like, I don't know. I don't even care. We lost. Like we 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 at least competed. How you win and lose matters, right? Style oh, 100 points. You know, I think fans could live with going seven and five if you're scoring 40 points per game. You know what I mean? It's yeah. they'd almost rather do that then go eight and four and average 24 points per game. Cause it's just a more fun. Well, it's just like what you said. Mush, to watch. Yeah. Mush champs year two is very different than Beamer's year two. Right. Very, right. very different. The, the, it, like Arkansas. And then, you know, I just remember those games like Arkansas was a mess by year two of Beamer. I mean, uh, Mush champ. I think a few of the other games that we pulled we, out, we, we had to beat Louisiana tech 17 to 16. Yeah. Game winning field goal. Like, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Granted, we did drop some turds this year with Missouri and Florida, but at the end of the day, that was obviously very fixed right. after that. Right. Indeed. Taylor, I appreciate you taking the time, man. But an yeah, buddy. last thing before I get you out of here, uh, I know you touched on a little bit earlier, but in regards to back to the content space, and it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's it's Gamecocks, it doesn't have to be sports, it doesn't have to be recruiting, it can be literally yeah. anything. Uh, because what's so incredible, and again, the power of social media and what you have to love about it is it gives anyone the opportunity to, if you have a passion for something and you're able to, you know, convey that information and convey that passion through podcast content, whatever it might be, 
you know, if you do it well enough and consistently enough, you can turn that into, you know, a full-time business or full-time yeah. you do for a living and you can do what you love to do on a day in day out basis. So your advice for anyone that's maybe thinking about getting into the content space and, uh, you know, I always tell people just start, you know what I mean? Like you mentioned, like just picking it, pick a, pick a, a platform and just go, you know what I mean? Like you'll learn as you go. And that's, that's the beauty, right? The joys and the journey, as I always say. But your advice to anybody who's thinking about getting in that content space? Yeah. So I, so I, I'm, I'm going to leave with this story. This is this is my favorite story. So my, um, my 62 year old mother, um, uh, hit me up one day and she was like, "Hey, um, I think I'm going to start posting for your dad's restaurant." And for those of you who are in Columbia that listen to this, my dad runs the Taza Kitchen on Forced Acres. Um, okay. And uh, so, so go, go tell Dave Dessen, um, go tell Dave Dessen. I said, Hey, and, 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 and tell him to comp your appetizer. I'm sure I'm going to get some heat <laughs> off that. But um, all that being said, um, so my mom was like, I'm going to do it. I said, great. I said, I said, she said, where should I start? I said, I think Instagram, I said, it's food, like it's visual, like people want to view stuff. So my mom started posting once a day on Instagram. Again, 62-year-old mother. Like, and again, my mom, mom, if you watch this, right? Listen, you're like every other 62-year-old mom, right? You just it's not so social media is not in your blood, and it's okay, right? But my mom just started. She just started posting, and they weren't pretty pictures, but she started. And literally over the last year and a half, a year, and even this year, they won like Columbia Times, like best something or other. And my dad said, we've had more attention on our restaurant over the last year and a half since since your mother started posting. And what's crazy about it is all it took was my mom just to start literally posting food pics. And she scaled the Instagram to like 3,000 followers, completely organic, no paid ads whatsoever. So again, if my mom can do it, there's no excuse for you not to get started. Literally anybody can do it. Literally sure. anybody can do it. Yep. Just have some consistency and have fun with it and see where it takes you. Taylor, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Awesome conversation. Let's definitely do it again because I feel like this is a convo. We could just, uh, you know, I, I I love it. I love talking business, love talking content. Yep. Obviously, you're somebody I greatly respect and truly appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. For Taylor, I'm Chris. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the episode of the Spurs Up Show. in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.